Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here. About to bring you Chapter 7 of Radiance, my Fallout fan fiction. Do hope you've been enjoying this little uh, odd stroll through the Fallout universe that uh, I've been creating for us all. It's going to heat up today, I can tell you that much. So I do hope you're going to enjoy and uh, brace yourself for the action. As always, if you can like, subscribe, leave me feedback wherever possible, greatly appreciated. So, without any further ado, this is Ghost Nobody saying, welcome to Radiance. Oh, and always the disclaimers, always legal stuff, can't give them a chance to sue my ass. There's obviously Fallout, don't own it, don't own Crazy Tale Death Claws. I'm sure I definitely haven't got one stashed in my cupboard, most definitely not. It's all Bethesda, even the glitches, especially the glitches, definitely the glitches, but hey, it just works. So... On with the show. Chapter 7. Metalhead. Seven stared at the suit of power armour as it stood as silent and unmoving like a testament to the old world. He found himself half wondering just kind of what horrors the, those eyepieces in the helmet had seen in its time. Visa tapped the metal chest piece with a single claw making it ring slightly like a large metal bell. At least it doesn't look like the ones those enclave dogs use. She growled, looking somewhat accusingly at the armour. It's just a thing, Visa. Can't help who uses it or for what purpose, whispered, looking at the big female claw who was examining it closely. I know that. It just brings back bad memories, is all. The enclave are not the only ones who use such things. For our experiences, those in these suits are really good people. Tend to abuse the power it gives them, she grumbled loudly. Vern laid a single large hand on her shoulder. Well, this time it'll be different, dear sister. This time it's your favourite human who will be piloting it. And that's doubly good because it means that your favourite human will have a much better chance of surviving whatever we run into, he said softly, but with a hint of playfulness in his voice. Visa's head snapped around to face her brother so quick it made her horns whistle as they cut through the air. She slapped his hand away and folded her own over her chest. He's not my favourite human, she snapped, voice audibly showing her bulk. Then grinned an evil grin. Oh? Name another human you prefer to him, then, he said, and Visa looked visibly confused. You know as well as I that we haven't met any good humans before. He's the first, she growled. Wisp raised a hand. Uh, also human, I'd like to point out she said, but was actually ignored by both claws. We were still going at it. Exactly. He's the first human we've met. One, doesn't want to kill us. Two, doesn't want to run us off for merely existing in the same place as him. Three, has gone out of his way to make us both feel welcome and comfortable around him. Four, has paid you compliments, even so much as to say your tale is, and I quote, lovely. So therefore, it's safe to assume... He is a human that you do not dislike, correct? Ven said, and Visa shifted from one foot to the other in a visibly uncomfortable way. Well, no, you're not correct. I, um, well, okay, sure, I don't dislike him, she conceded, and Ven's smile widened. Therefore, your favourite human, Ven said, and Visa huffed in annoyance. Well, by that logic, that makes him your favourite human as well, she shot back, 
and Ven simply smiled. I never denied such a thing. In fact, I wish there were far more like him. The world would be in a far nicer place, certainly better for us claws, the very least, he said. Visa simply huffed and nodded. Seemed her brother had made a point that she could not argue with. The whole time they'd been arguing, Seven had been blushing with embarrassment and decided to figure out on focusing on the armour instead, rather than trying to interject with them. He walked round the suit to the rear where the handle to enter it was located. As he looked closely at it, he realised there was a slot in the centre of the handle, where something appeared to be missing. "'Think it needs one of these,' Wisp said from his left side, and he turned to see her holding out a yellow and black cylindrical device, with two flat prongs on one side of it and a doorknob-shaped handle on the other side. It's called a fusion battery. The suit needs it to run. Found a box of them back there, about five of them on all. Don't think they're any good, but I certainly wouldn't keep them alone lying around if they were flat, Wisp said. The seven took a surprisingly heavy battery from her. It felt rather warm in his hand. And given it was a fusion battery, he didn't really want to think about the reactions taking place inside it. Seven turned back to the arm and looked at the slot in the centre of the handle. Simply shrugging, he flipped the battery round so the pongs were facing towards it and pushed it into the slot, hitting it with the base of his fist to ensure that it was snug and secure. He heard a brief hiss and whine from somewhere inside the armour as the battery made contact which at least said there was some charge in it. He took his weapons, backpack and ammo from his pouches before placing them down on the floor at his feet and reaching up to the handle. It was pretty stiff, but with a decent amount of force the handle turned and the armour suddenly shifted, standing fully erect now rather than stooping. With a whine of servos and hydraulics, the whole thing split open like a large green metallic flower revealing the gel-padded interior of the frame. Seven had to jump back to ensure he didn't get hit in the face by the rear plates as they shifted upwards as it opened up. Seven looked up a wisp and she said he gave him a robotic shrug. Both claws stuck their heads around the gap so they could look inside the suit. So that's what they look like inside. You know, I've always wondered how uncomfortable these things must be for humans to wear all the time. But do you fear? Looks like they thought of that. This stuff looks pretty comfortable, Ben said, prodding the gel padding on the inside of the suit, being careful not to puncture it with his sharp claws. Well, here goes nothing, Seven said, and with that he reached up and grabbed a set of handholds, stepping up into the body of the suit. Turns out it was a one-size-fits-all kind of deal with these things, as his feet stepped into the receptacles of the suit's boots, a pair of locking devices shot forward and locked over the top of his feet, while rails popped up behind and around the sides of it to lock the whole foot inside a kind of cage, which prevented him from being able to lift them out of the mountains. As he aligned his body with the suit in a frame, he felt it actually adjusting to his dimensions, that he would sit snugly inside it. The gel he was leaning against was actually incredibly comfortable, like having a kind of foam feeling, sort of like a cloud pressed against your skin. He guessed it was to prevent chafing and sores from being inside these things for such long periods of time. As he pushed his head into the angled helmet with a soft pop, it tilted to rest under his chin, and the suit seemingly detected that he was now fully inside it, because without warning, 
very suddenly closed up behind him, slamming shut and sealing itself all around him, with a series of hisses and clicks as the plates and locking bolts slid into place, locking it shut. Instantly, a respirator of sorts clicked on, and Seven realised he couldn't smell the musty scent of the storage room anymore. But the air had a most almost metallic tang to it, telling him that it was being pushed through a filter system. In front of his eyes, a series of pictures lit up, creating a form of heads-up display in front of his eyes, but not interfering with his view. Registering new user, please wait, appeared in green text before his eyes, and Seven stared at it curiously. Is this user the primary user of this unit? Y slash N popped up and Seven looked instantly at the Y. Registering, new user. Would you like a gene lock this unit to the new user? Y slash N popped up again. And Seven felt his eyes drawn again to the Y. Confirmed. Sampling DNA, please wait, appeared and Seven felt a sharp pinch in his left arm that made him wince and yelp in surprise. DNA sample confirmed and locked. Unit is now DNA locked to this user. In order to reset, please report the nearest master key recipient or to your local general atomic servicing department, the armor stated. Suddenly the whole HUD lit up. On the left was a very basic looking picture looking like it was drawn by a five-year-old, showing the armor and current status. Showed all the pieces in a bright green colour, next to them were a set of numbers, obviously displaying the health of the current damage level of each piece of the suit, currently connected to the frame. Each one read 100% at the bottom of the display, and he had a form of digital compass displaying which direction he was facing. Then next to that was a display showing his current battery life, which thankfully read also read 100%, and finally what appeared to be a Giga counter showing the current outside rads. There was also a little blinking rune of some kind which he looked at, and it popped up at the display like much like that of the Pip-Boy. After a moment of cycling, he realised it was the display from his Pip-Boy, as the map he displayed was identical to his own. Somehow the suit had interfaced with the computer on his arm, and had jacked its display function, pushing it into the helmet. Hey, Seven, you okay in there? You haven't moved yet. Don't need us to fetch a tin opener or something, do you? Wisp asked playfully, but also with a slight note of concern in her voice. Seven noticed another rune he looked at, asked him to confirm by blinking on yes twice. When he looked at it, when he did, the armour opened up, releasing him, and allowing him to step back out once again before closing itself up and returning to wait mode. Sorry about that, I was just trying to figure it all out. It's actually surprisingly easy to use. Well, the control systems are anyway. They're all eye movement tracking. So all I have to do is look at the thing I want and it turns it on. Seven said, looking at a wisp and the two curious claws. How about the fusion battery? Wisp asked, looking at the other four she was still held in the box. Full, 100%. So no reason to believe the others aren't either, he said and Wisp nodded. Awesome. Well, depending on how long these things last, that should keep us going for a while. And to be fair, in that thing, you'll have both the strength and resistance of a robot now. At least against surprise attacks or ambush, which won't be much of a worry. Plus, it's also a lot less of a target for raiders, who in their right mind wants to mess with a guy in a power armor suit with two badass death claws and a sexy robot, Wisp said playfully. Ahem. 
I prefer devilishly handsome claw, if you don't mind, and I'm sure my sister here most definitely prefers, despite any protest you might hear, prefers the term crazy tail. Ven said, ducking the swipe from his sister while sticking out his long tongue at her. I'll give you bloody crazy tail. Visa snapped, swiping at Ven a second time, and this time connecting with the rear of his horns with a solid thwack noise. Okay, okay. How about tail lifting claw instead? Ven asked, and Visa answered with a swipe. Hussy claw? He said, another swipe. Giant ass, he offered. Yet another swipe. Okay, okay. Human loving. Van said, and this time Visa froze, mid-swipe, and sort of stuttered like a computer freezing up. Well, 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 why would you say such a thing? She stammered, her scales flushing, and she shot Seven in a glance that was both embarrassed and nervous. Van grinned like he'd won the lottery. And we have a winner. Visa the human-loving claw it is. That's it, finalised, no take-backs, that's your name from now on. Ven said before vanishing in between the shelves to evade his sister's wrath. Visa simply shot Seven another nervous look, then spun around on her heels and raced after her brother with a snarl and a roar that echoed through the place. Seven simply shook his head and twisted the armour-opening handle again. Those two are going to be the death of the pair of us, he grumbled, and Wisp laughed. Well, one is anyway, and probably not in the way you think she said, before walking away with her hands clasped behind her back, whistling a merry tune, which sounded god-awful through a vocal processor. What a bloody strange group he'd pound himself a part of. Seven clambered back into the armour, and once again it locked itself up and readied itself. As he took his first step, he was surprised by how light it was, and that caused him to seriously overcompensate with the step he took, which caused him to stumble before he caught himself on a shelf. How the fuck... He exclaimed. Then he realised that the armour servos and hydraulics were doing all the work. He was simply guiding it. He tried again and stumbled less this time. He could hear some slight robotic giggling as he tried to find his feet. He looked like a baby rad deer trying to figure out why two heads and four legs simply a shit idea. Wisp giggled from somewhere between the shelves. Sod off! It's not as easy as you think. He exclaimed, catching himself on a shelf to stop himself from toppling over again. Hey, try using legs that aren't your own and don't really feel anything. Wisp shot back, still laughing. She had a point there. She was a human made of vapour living inside a hijacked robotic body. He could barely say that three times fast, let alone wrap his head round it. So rather than responding, he chose to ignore it and carry on trying to find his feet in the metal suit. Just over ten minutes, he'd managed to get it down to Pat. He'd also tried to figure out how the joys of grasping things he couldn't actually feel properly through the metal gloves that covered his hands and didn't allow him to touch things directly. But with a bit of practice, he was not only able to pick up his guns, but use them as well, after a few dried firing tests to make sure he didn't send a bullet or laser careening around the inside of the room with them by accident. But finally, they were ready to go. Visa had finished beating the shit out of her brother, Seven had finished learning about his new toy, and all the stuff had been packed. So they were ready. So both claws picked up the food boxes they'd found, Seven picked up the rest of his equipment, though now he didn't look as comical as Visa with a tiny backpack on his back. The power armour wasn't exactly stealthy when it moved. 
making a kind of rhythmic hissing and clanging noise, not to mention the sheer weight of it impacting on the ground with each and every step, made the ground vibrate slightly. But other than that, it was surprisingly easy to move, over even the softest ground with. The boots had specialised soles that kind of acted like snowshoes, spreading the weight of the huge metal suit as Seven tramped over the sometimes rather soft shifting sands of the desert. But by far Seven's favourite thing about the old pre-war suit was the air conditioning. The suit was a sealed environment, and obviously the manufacturer had figured out the pilots would be stuck in there for quite long periods of time. So adding to the rebreather system that filtered his oxygen supply, there was also a liquid cooling system of some kind, pumped a sort of oil around the inside of the suit, keeping the temperature of the user stable regardless of the outside temperature of the metal, which as they trogged across the now rather cold desert was fucking fantastic. It didn't take it long at all to return to their little shack, as rather than go via the train yard, they just went in a straight line. They did have a few run-ins with a couple of bugs and a few mole rats on the way, but the latter and Visa and Ven added to their food pile. But other than that, they had a pleasant stroll in the moonlight. To be fair, after the short time in the suit, Seven had begun to realise these things gave their wearer a sort of sense of invulnerability. The suit kind of isolated its wearer from the outside world, putting a barrier of heavy steel between them and it. it gave him an odd sense of detachment, plus the odd sense of vulnerability when dealing with Visa and Ven was gone because even though he knew that, to be fair, both friendly and honourable as those death claws were, it's hard to switch off your primal lizard brain when it was desperately trying to tell you to run away from an apex predator you were having a nice conversation with. Once back in the shack, Seven instantly realised how Visa and Ven felt when he banged his head on the inside of the doorframe and had to turn himself slightly to fit through it anyway. But once inside... He stepped out of the armour and put it in the corner facing the wall so it didn't creep out his companions by silently staring at them. He was happy to see that a tank of water he'd filled with the still and before they'd left had pretty much run all of its course and now gave him a decent supply of water to take with them that wouldn't either make him glow in the dark or turn into a feral ghoul. To Seven's surprise, both Visa and Ven seemed rather skilled butchers once they'd dropped their load into the shack, the pair had retreated back outside with the dead mole rats, and using only their razor-sharp claws, rather than eat them whole like Seven had imagined they would, though he didn't tell them that, as he rather liked his face, they had skillfully gutted and cleaned their kills before removing choice cuts of the meat, and then taking the remaining offal and carcasses and disposed of them well away from the shack. To Seven's further surprise, the pair brought back the meat and asked him rather politely, if he would be willing to cook it for them, as apparently the pair always wanted to try proper cooked meat over raw meat, having witnessed humans preparing their food a great many times, and always wondering if it tasted better or worse. It appeared that the stew Wisp had made with Ven the other night had quite an impact on the pair, and were wishing to expand their palates. Seven, of course, obliged. He didn't really know if he knew how to cook or not, but it was something surprisingly comfortable to him. He knew how to watch meat, how to make it judge the cooking process by both colour and smell, not to mention he was turning the whole mole rat chops as a real urge to spice them with something. Though what was another question entirely.
and though while he wasn't sure about the results of his efforts, it turned out they weren't in vain. Seven watches the pair tore into the cooked meat like it was the last meal on the planet. Oh, wow, holy shit, we've been seriously missing out, sister, Ven exclaimed as he finished off the last of his steak. Indeed, brother, who knew that humans had it right for so long? How does it taste just so much better like this? It's the same bloody meat, Visa said, finishing off her own steak. Then she turned to Seven, who was eating his own steak. Granted, Mole Rat wasn't exactly his first choice of prime cut meats, but it hadn't come out bad in all truth. My compliments, Seven. This meal's truly worthy of a noble claw, Visa said, smiling. Ven grinned after licking the grease from his fangs and claws. Well, they do say the quickest way to a lady claw's heart is through her stomach. Quickest way under her tail as well, he said, causing Visa to shoot him a death glare while Visp, a wisp snorted a laugh in the corner where running the maintenance on herself. Rather than ruin the meal, Visa simply huffed at her grinning brother. This, only, this claw only lifts her tail for someone worthy of it, she grunted, and then turned his grin to Seven, who was sat on the mattress next to Visa at her insistence. Looks like you need to up your kip- cooking game, Seven. Or maybe hunt her dinner as well, before you cook it next time, Ven said playfully, making Seven blush bright red, and Wisp snort yet another laugh in the corner, before Visa could throw back an angry reply at her brother. She stiffened and turned her head towards the doorway, as did Ven. You hear that? she asked, and he nodded. Hear what? Seven asked, his voice taking on a hard note of concern. Suddenly Wisp was standing up as well. My senses are picking up movement approaching, she said, and Seven scrambled from his seat, rushing towards his weapons and the power armor suit. Whatever was coming, he wasn't going down without a fight. And if it was the Enclave, he was going to use everything he had to remain free. The armor powered up, and Seven checked his laser rifle, which in his surprisingly nimble hand still managed to look like a toy now. It was good to go, and so was he. He looked at Wisp and the two claws, and all three nodded at him. Seven opened the shack door and emerged into the bright sunlight of the Mojave Desert, with his rifle in his shoulder, looking for a target to shoot at, and he instantly found one. But it wasn't exactly what he was expecting. About a hundred metres off was a guy in a beat-up leather duster coat that was seriously living up to its name by the generous coating of dust it was covered in. Under the coat seemed to be a rather battle-worn set of armour that was covered in scorch marks and pitted holes. Seven couldn't see the man's face, as he was wearing some kind of helmet that covered his entire head and face as well, and it seemed to possess a pair of red eyepieces that seemed to stare him down. The pair stood looking at one another. The only sounds were the howling of the wind and the gentle whirring of the power armor's servos. To Seven's eyes, the guys looked pretty beat up. Are you with the NCR or the Legion? The guy asked, his voice sounding almost like wisps, thanks to a processor in the helmet he was wearing. Neither. I'm not with the NCR, and I've never heard of the Legion, Seven said, his voice also sounding like robotic, thanks to the power armor's modulator. How can you have not ever heard of Caesar's fucking Legion? The man exclaimed loudly. Not from around here, just passing through, Seven said cryptically. Yeah, but everyone's heard of the Legion. How could you not have? The man yelled, and Seven simply shrugged. 
Before he got a chance to formulate an answer to the question, a shot rang out, and there was a sharp ping noise off the floor between the man and Seven. Fuck! They found me! The man yelled, diving for cover behind a nearby support pillar for the overhead pass. Funnily enough, the same pillar Seven sprinted towards and ducked behind as well. At the sound of the shot, Visa, Ven and Wisp burst out of the shack, looking for the shooter. Holy fucking shit! Death claws! The man yelled, turning and trying to raise his rifle. Don't! Seven yelled, grabbing the barrel of the gun and forcing it back down. The power armor servers whirring quietly as the man struggled against the power of it. What the fuck are you doing? There are death claws behind you! The man yelled with genuine fear in his voice that was easily distinguishable despite the helmet's modulator. Yeah, I know. They're my friends. Seven said, making the man cock his head as if he'd just grown a second one out of his shoulder, wearing an equally power-armoured helmet. How? he began, but Seven cut him off. No time. Deal with shooters first. Explain about friendly death clothes later. Now who the fuck is shooting at us? Seven yelled. The man stuttered for a second, then looked him right in the face. Hunters from the Legion. They tracked down and run away and escaped slaves. The man said, his voice pausing as he expected Seven to either shoot him for bringing the problem to his door or just turn him in. Slavers? The Legion of Slavers? Seven growled, and the man nodded. Yeah, biggest slave workforce and worse in the region. How the fuck could you have not heard of them? The man exclaimed again. Seven turned and both claws and wisps taking cover behind the rocks and burnt out cars next to the shack. They were all looking at him for an answer. Slavers! he yelled over to them, and instantly saw both Visa and Ven's face change to one of pure anger. Draw their fire, Seven, or get around them, Ven yelled, and Seven nodded. You heard him? Let's pull their fire over here, Seven said. Did that Deathclaw just speak? The man stammered, pointing at Ven. Questions later, shoot scumbags now, Seven said and he leaned out from behind the pillar. On the rocks about 200 metres away were a group dressed in black. They were working their way forwards to using the rocks for cover. Normally, at this distance, he might have had a tricky time spotting them, but thanks to the armour's actual enhanced vision, they stood out quite easily against the rocks. Seven hoisted his razor rifle and began firing on them. The range was too great for getting a reliable shot without a scope where it was enough to make them get their heads down between the rocks. Both Visa and Ven were out of sight from the group now. Black scrambled up a vertical wall, using their claws to dig in and climbing before vanishing out of sight above them. Wisp had also joined in the shooting now, having moved to a better location herself behind a burnt-out car. She, of course, did have a form of scope, as she could zoom her vision in. So more than one of her shots hit home, and there were a series of screams before the group unleashed a barrage of returned fire on them. A round bounced off Seven's shoulder pauldron, scoring the paint, but doing absolutely zero damage to it. The low-caliber rounds they were firing weren't even enough to actually dent the armour, let alone pierce it. He could have most likely ran full tilt at them, and all he would have needed was a new paint job at the end. But rather than test fate's sense of humour, Seven decided to stay put, keeping out of sight, and keeping the group distracted, while a large pair of shadows crept silently over the top of the large rocky outcrop before dropping down right behind them. 
Seven heard the unmistakable screams of people coming face to face at point-blank range with two very angry deathclaws, followed by a pair of bellowing roars, followed by more screams, followed by silence. Visa and Oven appeared from between the rocks, both wiping their blood-soaked claws off on what appeared to be a set of black rags of some kind. As they approached Seven, he stepped out from behind the pillar, and she saw both claws tense up, out of instinct at seeing power-armoured figure appear out of nowhere before relaxing as they realised who it was. Visa instantly noticed the scuff on his shoulder and rushed forward, grabbing hold of his pauldron. "'You hit! Did it get through? Are you hurt?' She exclaimed, surprising both Ven and Seven with her concern. I'm fine, just scuffed the paint, Seven said, and Visa seemed to notice them all staring at her, and she released him before scampering a few feet away. I was, um, uh, just protecting my investment, she mumbled, before vanishing back into the hut with a flash of a long tail. What in the name of fuck just happened? The newcomer exclaimed. Oh, don't mind her, that's just my sister. She's just a crazy tail who's in love with him, Van said. I'm not a crazy tail, Visa's muffled voice came from inside the hut. Notice he didn't deny being in love with the human part, Van called back. Silence for a moment. Then she yelled back, shut the fuck up, before slamming the door extra hard, despite it already being closed. Van turned his grinning face back to Seven and the new guy. See, crazy tail, he said. What in the name of fuck is going on here? Who the fuck are you people? How can he fucking death close talk? The new guy wailed, firing questions off like a living machine gun. You first, stranger. We didn't bring slave-taking assholes to your fucking front door now, did we? Wisp said in somewhat angry voice, making the guy stare at her in disbelief. The guy took off his helmet and revealed a youngish-looking man in his early twenties, with a shock of fiery red hair and bright green eyes. His young face was peppered with freckles, and his skin was as white as snow where it wasn't burnt and sunbaked. My name's Gregory, Gregory Adams, and I'm a runaway slave, he said, and Seven and the others looked at him curiously. That's some heavy-looking gear for a slave, Gregory, Wisp said sceptically, and he nodded. Got it from the guy who got me out. Said he was an NCR special ranger. Got me and six others out. He freed us from a local forced labour camp where the Legion was running away from here. They shot him, and when I knew he wasn't going to make it, he told me to take it while he distracted them. Blew himself up along with a load of them with some mines and stick a C4. Took out a whole squad of them as far as I know. But that's when they sent out the hunters, Gregory said. Hunters? Van asked, stepping close enough that Gregory had to crane his neck to look at nervously up at the death claw. Slave catchers. They specialise in hunting down and retaking escaped or freed slaves like me. They're ruthless as they are merciless, he said, and the group looked at one another silently. Please, I know I have no right to ask this, and probably I wouldn't, but I'm desperate. Please help me, Gregory said softly. Van looked at his companions and whispers the first to nod, and then seven, a second later, before he looked back at the hut and saw Visa's head poking out through the gap of the door, and she was nodding as well. Then he turned and laid a large hand on the very slender young man's shoulder, making him jump. Easy there. We won't hurt you, but it sounds like you were a lot like us. 
So how about this? We're heading out of here probably a lot faster now thanks to these guys having shown up and you can come with us. All we ask is that you tell no one about us and if you treat me and my sister like any normal human that you would meet along your way then you're welcome to tag along, Ven said, making the man look utterly amazed. I think I need to know who you are first, Gregory said, showing a sign that he was used to betrayal. So Seven took his arm and took him to the shack and sat him down inside, before climbing out of his power armour. He sat down next to him and told him the whole story of how their group of misfits came to be. Hey, after all, he trusted them and from one escaped slave to another, that took a lot of guts. So you guys are on the run from the Enclave? Gregory exclaimed and Seven nodded. Gregory's eyes flicked between Visa, who sat next to Seven, and Ven, who sat next to him. And they were experimenting on you guys to turn you into living weapons? He asked and both the claws nodded in unison. But what I don't get is if you guys have powers like this, he began with a sceptical note in his voice, which vanished the moment Seven held out a hand and levitated a cup of water off the countertop and floated it over to him, before making Gregory's eyes go so wide that dinner plates had nothing in comparison, not to mention it made his mouth fall open. There is no if here, my friend, Seven said with a note of finality in his voice. Holy shit, that was incredible, Gregory exclaimed. Thanks, hurts like a bitch though, Seven said, rubbing his temples with his thumbs trying to push the needles of glass out. Well, why are you running? Surely you could turn that kind of powerful shit on them? Gregory asked. Could you fight the entire Caesar's Legion? Wisp asked, and Gregory balked and shook his head. Fuck no. I'm lucky I could fight a fucking puppy. I'm not a warrior, I'm an engineer. I fix things, not shoot them, Gregory said. Well then, now imagine these Legion guys are wearing this stuff. Armed to the teeth with ships that fly and vertebrates drop off even more of them before shooting at you from the sky. Seven said, pointing at his power armour, making Gregory look rather nervous. Still sure you want our help? Ven asked. Gregory looked up at the big male deathclaw next to him. Well, the way I see it is you guys saved me once already, so I pretty much owe you for that one at the very least. But I guess if I'm with you guys, then you can... If you can help me fight, then I could help you by fixing your shit. Like that power armour there, Gregory said, pointing at the silent monolith in the corner. Seven looked at him curiously. What do you know about that kind of stuff? He asked curiously. Gregory's face lit up and he smiled brightly. Oh, heaps. I've been fixing things ever since I could walk. In fact, my dad used to joke my first words were screwdriver. And the first thing I did was walk over to a toolbox. He said before his face went sombre. Well, that is, he w until the Legion killed him for trying to stand up to them, he said in a quiet voice. Ven and Visa looked at each other. Ven placed a large hand on the man's back. You have my sympathy, Gregory. My sister and I know this pain you feel. Our pack tried to stand up against them too. When they came and took us, they killed a great many of our beloved ones that day, and that scar still aches on our hearts even now. Ben said. Murdering bastards. Visa spat. Well, anyway, yeah. I've seen quite a set, few sets of T-45D before. 
though not as many in that good a shape, though I will admit. Though if you can find me the parts, a power armor workstand, and some tools, I could probably even upgrade it for you. Turn the D into an F. You'd have a T-45F instead of a D. Granted, it's still not as good as T-51 or T-60, but you rarely see anything like that out here. Not outside of the hands of someone like the Brotherhood of Steel, anyway, Gregory said. Wait. B-O-S. Brotherhood of Steel. So that was their bunker, Wisp exclaimed. Oh, you guys know the Brotherhood? Gregory said. Know them? No, but we found an abandoned bunker that used to belong to them. It was cleared out until we got there. Wisp said quickly before the others could answer. Gregory nodded. Pity, those guys have some serious hardware, but they hoard it all like magpies hoard bottle caps, he said. Seven looked around at his companions one by one and picked up on the silent question they were all asking, and he nodded. All right then, Gregory, here's the deal. If you truly want in, we'll take you with us, but you have to promise not to breathe a word of any of this to anyone. In return, we will protect you and keep you out of the hands of the Legion, until we're all safe, and we can go our separate ways, or you can travel with us. Up to you, Seven said. Gregory's face lit up. I won't, I swear, your secret's absolutely safe with me. Plus, I'll pay you back for saving me by fixing things, and I swear, I won't treat any of you any different to how I would treat another human being, Gregory said with the last part looking at Visa and Ven. And in return, we won't gut you and eat you. Ben said, making Gregory go pale as ice. Visa punched her brother's long arm. He's teasing you, Gregory. My brother likes to make highly inappropriate jokes just to get a rise out of people. We're not savages, and we never have been. We may be death claws, as your kind call us, but we are noble claws. We would certainly never eat another sentient being, Visa said huffily. Though she might actually hug a very certain one to death while she's asleep, though. Ben said, earning him another punch in the arm, and in a blush from Seven. All right, then, let's pack up and head out. We can't afford to wait for another night now that these Legion guys are sniffing around, so let's get everything we have and get the fuck out. We'll just have to run the mountains with whatever we have and hope for the best, Seven said. There were a few looks and then nods of agreement. This was going to be an interesting trip indeed. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Chapter 7 of Radiance. Do hope you've enjoyed this uh, little stroll through the Fallout universe. I wonder what's going to happen to Seven and Companions. And uh, will their new friend be a help or a hindrance? Only time will tell, and you'll have to tune in next time to find out. So, until the next time, like, subscribe, wherever you can. Leave me feedback on all the sites aforementioned, fanfiction, archive of our own, if you can. It's graciously appreciated. So, until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, see you next time.